Good evening, everybody. Um, I would like to start this year by finishing off last week's year because there was two psukim about the letter test that I felt we didn't have time to finish and I felt it is Kedai to actually look at them and what we had to say. So the first one is Posuk Samach test and the Posuk reads Tofu Olai Sheker Zaydim Zaydim are willful sinners Toflu Olai have piled up against me Sheker falsehood. So willful sinners have piled falsehood on me. Ani, that is for me, I, with all my heart, I cherish your precepts. So, Zedim make a mockery of your Torah. They pile falsehood on me. They tell Sheker. And I, for my part, I, I cherish all your pekudach, all your precepts. The Rambam in his halacha sefer in Yadach Azoka writes as follows: The Kamahoya David Hamelech mitstair min haminim umin haakum. David Hamelech was troubled greatly by apokrosim, non-believers. Shoyim meshivim al hachukim. They would taunt and question the value of those mitzvahs for which we weren't given reasons. Because the man shall avoid him also, but man and all the time shall avoid him also, but to shuvos hashekeh shorachim They'd pursue him with their responsor based on falsehood, according to the limited knowledge that they had. Nonetheless, he, David, because of this, or in spite of this, he adhered and was davuk, cleaved to our Kodesh Baruch Hu's Torah. As it says in our Pasuk, these willful sinners piled dishonesty and, and lies and falsehood against me, I, with all my heart, cherished your precepts. The Venus Yitzchok, the Yitzchok Sorotskin, the Libna Gesundheit, asks a very, very obvious question. Especially if we take the Rambam's words, who is describing what was going on here. He says, Mishivim al-Hachukim. They taunted him about those mitzvahs for which we weren't given a reason. Paradumo, shatnes, etc., etc. But the Apostle then should have said, Ani I cleaved that I cherished your chukim, because that was the opposite of actually what was being aimed at him. He was being aimed at by these non-believers, by these Apocalypse, against the chukim, basically. And yet the Apostle says, he cleaved with all his heart, to the Pekudechot, to the Pekudim, which are precepts, which are a different component body of, of, of mitzvahs of the Torah. And he answers, and Be'emus, as an Agav, the Malbim answers, but doesn't know his answer. I mean, this, this is actually what the Venus Yitzchuk is saying. The Malbim says Pshat in Pekudechot. Pekudechot are 
says the, uh, says the Malbim, those mitzvahs, which are a memorial to HaKadosh Baruch Hu's deeds that he did historically through miracles and niflois to the Jewish people. Those pekudechos, so for example, putting on tefillin, Shabbos Kodesh, the Mayadim, these mitzvahs, which are memorials and commemorate a specific nace and miracle, Yitzhak Mitzrayim, Kalm Pesach, no doubt, those mitzvahs which, which proclaim HaKadosh Baruch Hu's miraculous looking after Kal Yisrael, those are called Pekudim, Pekudecho. Says the Malbim, it is dafka these mitzvahs that David HaMelech cleaved to because it was those that actually reflect on the Chukim. What shot, as I understand it, if I have a baseline of emuno, which is based on things that I can understand, I don't have to grapple with, and I understand those Yitzhiz Mitzrayim, and I believe it historically, I believe it because I have the Torah Kedosha, I have parents and grandparents and great-grandparents, are, you know, all the way through the generations from that time who have given testimony that this is what happens, this is what's so and I'm asked to keep Pesach. I have no real problem with the keeping of, uh, of Pesach. It's a memorial for what happened in the past. If then you now ask me, oh, what about the Chukim, given by the same God in the same Torah? True. I don't understand. I don't have any reason to believe in that respect. I've not been given any reason for the mitzvah, but nonetheless, since everything else about my lifestyle dictates that I believe in HaKadosh Baruch Hu, and believe in HaKadosh Baruch Hu because the mitzvahs that I do do are often, and very often, and more often than not, a zikoran to something which can actually, well, proven is a bit difficult because I wasn't there, but I can, by historically I know that they happen. Therefore, I can exact, uh, uh, I, 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 I can learn one from the other. I can learn from the fact of the Pekudim that the Chukim also have a foundation in HaKadosh Baruch Hu's Torah. That is what the, the David HaMelech is saying. Although these Rishoim, these upper Korosim, taunted him about the Chukim, nonetheless his response to that was to immerse himself even more deeply and cherish even more deeply those mitzvahs for which we do have good reason to keep, and that by definition reflects even on those mitzvahs which I don't understand the reason for, and I keep those as well. In other words, by intensifying that which I do understand, that gives me a, a, a head start to keep those things that I don't necessarily understand. And I thought that was a very important lesson for all of us, because we all, okay, I, have questions. Why? I mean, a bunch of things have felt. Yeah, nonetheless, if I can focus on that which I do understand and can perceive, and that which is clear to me, then it reflects, and I can understand that even though I don't understand, I really have to believe and, and, and let go along those ways. That was one vote that I thought was worthwhile saying over. The next one is on Posuk Ayin, where it says, Tofash kachelev libom. Their hearts, or their hearts, grew thick with fat, like fat. I need Torah, for me, your Torah, Shashati is my preoccupation. It's what I busy myself with doing. Now this word, Tofash, Kachilev Libom, 
that their heart grows thick as fat. This word is synonymous, well not synonymous, cognate with tipesh, being a fool. Rabavom Chaim Foyer, he is the Mafarish uh, of the large art scroll, the annotated art scroll version. He describes this term as tipesh, as a mental block that, re- that renders the mind dull and uncomprehending, gross and insensitive to the values and ethics of the Torah. A person whose heart is swept away with the passion for pleasures of the flesh smothers his mind and his senses in a thick screen of lust which makes him oblivious to the truth. Above all, this person remains ignorant of Torah wisdom and earns himself the ignominious title of Tipesh, if you will. Tofash, that they grew thick and fat. Their hearts, it means shut. They surrounded their hearts with a barrier against HaKadosh Baruch Torah, which actually designates them the title of the Tipesh, a fool. Possibly. That. But he adds in a footnote there's a fascinating book it's called Sparks of the Holy Tongue by a person called Matashel Glazerson he, he is South African he was in Gates of Yeshiva married an old man while I was there and I think then he went off to Erechisol and perhaps even one time sort of Yeshiva he was very very musical and very esoteric in his thinking and it's called Sparks of the Holy Tongue and he quotes as follows and this is fascinating this is by Emma's the vote I wanted to say over the test. He quotes an Oisius de Rebbe Akiva. Oisius de Rebbe Akiva is a medrash that talks about the Hebrew letters. And he says, Oisius de Rebbe Akiva says that the test stands for materialism, for this worldliness, because it is synonymous, again, I'm not sure that's not right, not, not, not right word, it sounds like, whatever the proper word for sounding like is, it sounds like tit. Tits being lime, slime, mud, clay. So tess and tit have this same similar sounding, and therefore tess is actually synonymous with oilamazef, with gashmias, with this worldliness, earthiness. If you put that together, the tess, with the word of thickness, you have teva. Teva is a coating of gushingness which can stop us seeing any further than the physical pleasures of life and in that way tofash libom your heart becomes or their hearts become covered in fact they have they built up the barrier by using and enjoying and taking anything other than the pleasures of olam hazer and that that in itself that teva this test which is which Dreams to mind tit, uh, um, which is clay, symbolizing materialism and earthiness, together with the word of, thick. You can thicken it out, and you have exactly the same word again. Tipesh, tofash, and teva. They all go together the, 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 to black out and, uh, and to stop our college Baruch's Torah reaching the Neshama. Those are the two ideas I wanted to say over and finish off the letter test. But this week, our shir is based on the letter Yud and the Psukim we have to that we'll look at hopefully I want to finish them this evening <laughs> are the Psukim between Ayin Gimel and Pei so the eight Psukim which start with the letter Yud 
Yud is the smallest letter of the alphabet, of the Aleph base. It is in fact no more than a dot. But it is made up, and has to be made up when written to say for Torah, in three parts. It looks like this. You have the Yud, the dot. You have a tug that points upwards. And you have what is known as an ukutz, or the kutzoshe yud, this bottom small line. Now that tug has to be longer than that small line. This has to be curved. And, oh, I'm sorry, this area has to be curved inwards and not come down, so it shouldn't look like a vov to a child, because that would make it possible, because the letter formation would look wrong. Um, and... I'm oh, sorry. Oh, I can't see. Okay, right. So the Zohar HaKadosh actually says, the Zohar HaKadosh actually says, it has a tug pointing upwards to HaKadosh Baruch Hu. It has the Kutso Shel Yud pointing down to this earth and the body in between that links the two. So that's Olam Hazer, which is linked to two and points upwards and downwards to join together Kodesh Baruch Hu and his world in fact the Gemara Menachos says where in Dachavtes where it actually talks quite a bit about the letters of the Torah it says it as a Pshita as a Dova Poshut an obvious Halacha that even if the Kutzei Shalyud is missing the whole Sefer Torah would be possible it has to have all three component parts in, other t- in order to be the letter. No, no, no. Well, when you when 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 you write, if you can imagine writing a sefer Torah, when you write sefer Torah um, print, if you can imagine using an italic pen, a wide pen, that is put onto the paper, onto the parchment, and you would first of all draw a line by holding it on the paper and just drawing down. Then you would pull the coolness you would pull the pen across and form so it's either one of two ways you either put the coolness on and pull it through and draw your yod and then a tug on top and a tug underneath or you can do it in just do the line and then do the tug as far as I know it doesn't matter which way around you do it but that's how you will write so if you imagine all the same letters we've been talking about are all written in the same way like an italic nib a wide nib which you draw across I mean pull across draw across um, the parchments. It's always very interesting to note, by the way, um, that when the Sefer will um, draw out the lines for his Sefer Torah, the Mazuzah Tefillin, in fact, the lines, the letters, don't stand on the line like they do in English. They are actually hung from the line above because they're drawn with the, with the wide nib across the line. That's why the top of the lines, the top of the letters, should all look absolutely straight. Um, anyway, okay. The smallness of the yod, of course, indicates humility, which is the essence of Hashem's choice of the Bnei Yisrael. As the Possek says in Vashanon, Perikzayim Possekzayim, Loi merubuchem, not because of your great numbers, Mikala Amim amongst all and from all other nations, Choshek Hashem Bochem, that Hashem desire you, Vayifcha Bochem, and choose you. You are actually 
the smallest in number of all the people. Uh, one lamb amongst 70 wolves. You are the smallest. And that smallness, that loneliness, Chazal teaches us what is meant by that smallness is humility as a novel. And as Chazal Chulin explains that even when a Kodesh Baruch Hu bestows greatness on Kal Yisrael, they humble themselves before Hashem. The examples given, Nostati Gedula, I have given greatness to Avraham, Omar, and how does Avraham respond? Anochi offer the Aether, I'm earth and dust. The Moshe of Aaron, I gave them greatness. What did they say? Omar of Anachnumar, what are we? The David, I gave greatness to David Amelach, Omar of Anochi, Salas, Ish, I'm a worm and not a man. So we respond to greatness with humility. For Emmas, that is the middle of HaKadosh Baruch himself. The Gemara in Megillah, Daflamad Aleph, and for those of you who say the Yitzhak will know it. Omer Rabbi Yochnam, says Rabbi Yochnam, Bechom Mokam, any place Shatamotse, Gedulato Shal HaKadosh Baruch, where you find the greatness of HaKadosh Baruch himself, Shom Atamotse Amvasunotse, that is where you will find his humility. Dovah Zerkosa Batoro, it's written in the Torah, for Shonam and Nevi'im, and the pieces in the Nevi'im, and Meshulav Shana, third time, Meksuvim in the writings. Kosov Batero, it writes in the Torah, Ki Hashem Elokeichem, Hashem your God, Hu Elokeu Elokeim, He is the God of Elokei, Ho Elohim, He is the God of all gods, Vadonim Adonim, and the Master of all Masters, Kokeil, Hagodol, Hagibor, Vahanora, Great, Mighty, Fearful, Asheloh Yisoponim, who does not show favoritism, and does not take a bribe. And it's written right after that, that HaKadosh Baruch Hu, even for all his greatness, comes down to this world, and deals with the orphan and the widow, and gives them justice. He loves the stranger, to give him bread and clothing. So HaKadosh Baruch Hu, for all his greatness, will lower himself in humility in order to deal with those who are the lowest on the low, low pecking order of his world. Shona Benavim, this is repeated in the, in the Novi, the Chsiv, as it is written, Ki Rom Venisa, so says the Most High and Elevated, Shochin Ad dwells in the upper regions, Rekodo Shimo, and his name is Holy, Moron Rekodosh Eshkon, Vehtaka Ushval Ruach, Lahachios Ruach Shvolim, to bring back to life the spirits of the lowly, Lahachios Levnid Koim, and to um, and to revive the heart of those who are downcast and contrite. So again, you have a Kodesh Baruch Hu, he lives in, in, in exalted holiness. Nonetheless, he, he comes down to this world to help out and to look after those who need revival, low in spirit, who have been uh, um, pushed aside. Meshulash B'Ksuvim, it's written a third time in the Ksuvim, the Ksiv, Shiru Lelokim, Zamru Shemo, sings to Hashem, gives Zemeh to his name, Soyu Lerecha Ba'arovos, he rides on, on high, B'Kois Shemoi, the Ilzu Lefonov, give uh, exalted praise before him, Ksiv Basrei, and it's written directly after that, Avi Yisoman, the father of orphans, the Dino Monos and the judge on behalf of our Monos, Hashem in his holy habitation. So our Kodesh Baruch Hu, even though being so great and above and beyond our comprehension, nonetheless, he has this anova, this humility, 
and is able to lower himself to whoever needs his, his, his input. And again, keep going on that idea of Anova, you see that Kabbalah Satoro was a tremendous lesson in Anova that Moshe, who was the humblest of all men, he received the Torah on Har Sinai, which was the lowest of all mountains. So its smallness indicates, the smallness of the Yud indicates humility. The gematria of Yud is 10. Okay, now we'll launch into the Maral. These Maral's, I never understand exactly how they mean, what their meaning is, but we try anyway. He says as follows, the number 10 is made up of 9 plus 1. In other words, it is multifaceted. It has many parts. Each one a chalik. 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9 chalokim. When you add number 10, it becomes a unity. 10. The first of the 10s, it is joined to the 9 before it to make 10, and it is actually joined to the 20 after it to continue making a cycle of 10s. So you've got 1 to 10, and 10 to 90. Okay, so those of you who are very numerous understand that, of course. But, pardon? Uh, uh, well, you're rounding up. Once you've rounded it up, it becomes a 1. It is a unit. It is no longer 9 entities. It is one identity of unity of a 10. It has the house of 10. <laughs> the good old days. Pardon? You can go to the other column. That's it. Absolutely. <laughs> you, can tell, you can tell where we teach, can't you? <laughs> yeah, that, that, okay, so that is what he says. Um, uh, in one of the forums I saw, English forum, um, the number 10 having multiplicity, i.e. nine separate units, but forms an integrated whole. And so we find the letter Yud, the letter Yud of 10, alludes to HaKadosh Baruch Hu. Because in HaKadosh Baruch you see this exactly. You see a tremendous, complete and utter unity. As we say in Yigdal, Echod ve'en yochid ki yichudoi, e'en soif la'achdusoi, HaKadosh Baruch Hu is a total oneness, beyond our comprehension really, what that means. But, his, inter- his attributes, and that unity has many attributes, on multiplicity. So again, you see within HaKadosh Baruch Hu a oneness which is made up of units. That's ten. It's exactly the same as ten. So now, says the Maharal, you have an incredibly understandable pshav in the first mission of Perik, hey, Perik Elvis, because it says there, Ba'asolam The world was created with ten statements. Nine of them are Omar, one of them is voracious. Okay? Again, you have the tenth that makes up the ten, but he says as follows, ask the Mishnah, why did HaKadosh Baruch do that? To pay back time for the wicked who destroyed the world, which was created with ten statements, for they disrupt the order and the harmony of the unity that should be in the world. 
The world should be a unit. It should be an achdus. All its multifarious different facets of peoples and nations and climates and mountains. This is all one that our Kodesh Baruch created. But how do you create them? Multifaceted. And what do the Rishoyim do? They take the, multi, the, the unity of what the world should be and by their wicked actions destroy that unity and break it up in parts. Okay, right, you do that, then you get punished accordingly. That's exactly what HaKadosh Baruch Hu is saying. That is what the Maral understands. Okay? By the way, then it becomes very obvious why anything that is a Dovash of Kedusha is a minion of ten. Because I've got to take all of it together and make it into a unit. So, you can't say Omein, you can't, but you can say Omein, I'm the Kedusha, Kadesh, you can't say Baruch anything of very importance. You want a minion there. You want a minion at a chasna. You want a it's very interesting because over the years, people have become more... And it's only one of the poskim that they say Sfiris HaOimah with a minion. Because it's a Dovah Shibakadusha. It's a Dovah Shibakadusha. You want to recreate this unity. How do you recreate this unity? By taking this number nine and making ten out of it. When you've got a minion, then off you go and you have this minion of Kadusha. Beautiful shot if I understood it correctly. Okay. The limud of achdus, of unity, take it further, is Be'emus, the greatness of Kal Yisrael itself. As we received the Torah, it says there in Shemais, Ba'yichon Shom Yisrael Neged Ahar, the Bnei Yisrael camped at the foot of the mountain, Ki'ish Echod Belev Echod. The giving of the Torah is predicated on Klai Yisrael being harmonious and unified. And it's very interesting to note that the four names that Klai Yisrael are known by, Yehuda, Yehudi, Jew, Yisrael, Yaakov, and Yeshurun, all begin with the letter Yud, in which you have the humility of the Jewish people and the unity of the Jewish people. And there, that is our skula, that is where we are on for. Okay, so that's the letter Yud. And so to our Gemara in Shabbos Dafkuf Gadol, we start every year, that uh, if we go through the process of Aleph Bino, Gomel Dalim, we understand Hey Vod and Hei Rashem, then Akkadish Baruch in his turn will do the following for us. And then you go through what it was, um, um, Zion Zon, Chain, um, Toiv, and now Yud, Yerusha, inheritance. The Lashon of the Gemara is, V'noisin l'cha Yerusha, HaKadosh Baruch Hu gives you an inheritance. Now what is that inheritance? What are we speaking about? The Marsha explains this refers to the Meirosha of Torah, the inheritance of Torah Kedosha, based on the Posik in Devorim, where it says, Torah Tziva Lona Moshe, Meirosha Kihilash Yaakov. Okay? So, that's the Gemara, that's the Marashah's interpretation of the Yerusha, that Yerusha is the inheritance of Torah from Torah to Torah, from generation to generation. Okay, I just want to spend a little while just looking at that posuk and what it means. So we're going to start with, all the Mephashim speak about it, we're going to start with the Rabbeinu B'chai. And the Rabbeinu B'chai zeroes in as to why the posuk uses Marashah Kehilas Yaakov. Why not Kehilas Yisrael? Why not Kehilas, well, Yisrael maybe not, but Avon, Kiras Ovois, 
whatever. Why Dafki Yaakov? So he says, the Hizka Yaakov, and the Posuk mentions Yaakov in Inyan HaToyro, concerning the subject matter of Torah, Lema'et, to exclude Zera Esau Yishmoel. Esau and Yishmoel, who were offered the Torah, Shalorotu Lekablo, they did not wish to receive it, Bezeu Moroshe, specifically Kehilas Yaakov, Ki Einenu Yerusha Elo Lezera, Yaakov is only an inheritance for the children of Yaakov, Bilvad alone, Lefisha, who Shehi, because Torah is one in Arba Matonos of four gifts, Shloi Nitno El Yisrael Bavad, that were given only in exclusivity to Kad Yisrael. Now, these four gifts are the Rabbeinu Bechai. I haven't come. Now, it's not time. It, it, it's very fascinating. What does the, the Rabbeinu Bechai say? What are these four gifts? Nevuah, Torah, Eretz Yisrael, and Chiyas Amesim. Those are four gifts that were given exclusively exclusively to Kali Yisrael. Now, Nevoah, I found very strange, because you've got Bilon. Torah, Torah is there. They want to read Torah. They want to learn Torah. It's there. Eretz Yisrael, we go and we've often lived in Eretz Yisrael. Um, and Tchir Samesim, well, let's wait and see. You know, but basically, each one of those needs its own explanation of what, what the Bain of means, and it has, but now is not the time and place. But, no, no, no. This is Matonos that were given exclusively to Yisrael. He doesn't count Shabbat. Another question. Okay, what he means... And, Exactly, as I say, it needs its own bit of research. But he's saying very clearly, though, why does it say Yaakov? Because the Torah is exclusively B'nai Yisrael's. It belongs exclusively to us. Now, you're no doubt aware that the Torah Kedosha, one of the ways of the Torah Kedosha is the Masoira. The Masoira is an index, so to speak, of similarities of words or pasukim throughout the Torah. So it will read something like this. Meirosha, the word Meirosha, based the Masoira, it comes twice in the Masoira. Hocha, the posseh we've just quoted you in Devarim, Torah, Tzivalon, and Moshe. The Idoch, and the other posseh, is in Shemois Vav Ches, where it says, Ve'i I will bring you to the land, V'nosati o'isolochem Meirosha. And I will give it to you as my Rosh. That is the Masoira. You have two, sim, two psukim using the same words. One which is for Torah Toisha and one for Eretz Yisrael. Torah Tivalon and Moshe, my Rosh, Kilash Yaakov. And Benosati Oisai will give it the land of Eretz Yisrael, Lochem, to you, my Rosh, as an inheritance. Now, although the Rabbeinu Bechai does not quote this Masoira, it is obvious, though, that he must have had something like that in mind because he then goes on to explain that Efsha Loima it's possible to say that the word Meirosha also goes on Eretz Yisrael and that is the explanation of the Posuk as follows B'schus HaTorah in the merit of the Torah Shetzivalon and Moshe that Moshe commanded us Ha'oretz, that land, Shekosavov, concerning which it is written, Venosati Oisolachem, Meirosha Ani Hashem, Tiyya Meirosha Lekilash Yaakov, Shahari that is. Bekaimonu HaToyrah, when we keep Torah Kedosha, Onu Zoychim Biyirushosa, we will be Zoycha, to have it passed on from generation to generation, as an inheritance. Ubevavarenu, Oleya Onu Goylim, however, for the non-keeping of the Torah, we will be exiled from the land, for Roshim and impoverished me from it. 
This is the expression of Meirosha, and he quotes the Posuk from Shiraz Chano, after she has a Yom Keren, that whole Shira. It says there, in, the, in, in, in that Shira, Meirish Uma'ashir. HaKadosh Baruch is Meirish, Pshat, he impoverishes, Uma'ashir, and makes rich. And that is what the Torah does. It can either impoverish us from Eretz Yisrael because we don't keep it properly and therefore we're going to Golos, or it can enrich our lives by letting us live in Eretz Yisrael if we keep Torah and Mitzvah. This word has within it its dual aspects which are actually opposites of each other. Where the Kilash Yaakov will inherit or be impoverished is all dependent on how Yaakov actually accepts and keeps that Torah. That's, that's the Rebbeinu B'chai. The Osrov Rebbe in his Sefer Bera Moshe Osrov Rebbe was a Hasidic Rebbe that lived in, in, in Tel Aviv um, came over to Israel. So, uh, he, he was a wondrous bulky, a wondrous his knowledge of, of, of all aspects of Torah, both Nigla and Nista, was something phenomenal. He's, he, he has uh, um, uh, at least a ten-volume, ten-volume on Chumash, besides another ten volumes on philosophers of the Torah, and then a number of volumes on Tanakh as well. It, 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 it and he, he writes Chassidus and Londus all in one sort of thing. And he, he does quote the Masayla. And he says as follows, which is also very fascinating, that the Torah Kedosha has within it two facets. Yerusha, inheritance, umatono, and a gift, ke'echod. We see in the Gemara, Meiroshahu l'chol Yisrael m'sheish me'bereshis. so it's, it, it, on the one hand, we've got Torah being called a Yerusha, Eretz Yisrael being called a Yerusha, and on the other hand, we have them being called Matona, a gift. So he learns as follows, in the Amitah Sheldova, in truth, Yesh B'Torah Shtei Ma'alais. Torah has two distinct values. Mitzad Echad Hu Yerusha Yisrael, that is, that any person of Yisrael is able, if he so wishes, to merit taking upon himself the crown of Torah. All you have to do, take a sperm out of the shelf and learn. Yosech to Torah, it's a Meirosha. It's there, it's for your taking. This wasn't written for any other, as we said from Rabbeinu B'chai, this was no, n- never written for any other nation. And I don't believe, I actually don't believe there is any one nation in the world that has as many sperm, as many books written that are based exclusively on five books of the Torah. I don't know of any a tool of any nation that has one specific belief and from that has developed 
all of this, and this is just minuscule in the amount of the Nisvan that have been written since the printing presses first came into being, and before that by hand. That is open to every need if he wants it, it's Yerusha. Mi'idoch, on the other side of it, there is a mile of Matono, and our Matono is not given for nothing, but it actually is, flows from the desire of the noisain, of the giver, to give something to the receiver. You know, you can't chap a matana. <laughs> you know, uh, you know, you, you walk past the jewelry store, you know, pick up your Omega watch, you know, worth a couple of thousand pounds. Excuse me, sir, that doesn't belong to you. So, well, yeah, it was a gift. You don't take gifts; they're given to you. It's a noisain who gives it. Hakadosh Baruch wants us to have Torah, and therefore he gives it as a gift to us. And it says as follows that the Mishnah of us says, Hiskein prepare yourself to learn Torah, it's not an inheritance to you. And that's, again, it's contradictory to everything we've said so far of Moroshik because there is an inheritance. Elo, but in truth, we need both. Torah needs both. Yerusha and Matona. Why? And he explains an incredible concept in Limit HaTorah. He says that Yerusha has within it his yashnus, old age. Let's be honest. Whatever I personally own, which I have tremendous emotional love for, by the time I've never had some shana and more that Akash Baruch will give me in this world, and I leave it my most precious piece of whatever it is to my children, I can't wear that. It's old-fashioned. It's old. They won't want it. Um, you know, after my mother was nifted, she nifted a number of pieces of jewellery. Children, you know, okay, who are you going to take it for? You know, it has a value, a monetary value, but an emotional value, certainly, but you're going to wear it? Uh, maybe not. <laughs> They're outdated. There's this yashness. Mitzad Acher, Matona, a gift, has his chachos. It's new. It's sparkling. It's special. It's for me. You gave it. I feel good. We need both of those in Torah. We need to know that it is a Yerusha. It is there because it is God-given, and any person who wants to have it can have it. I, it's old. So we republish it in every format, in every new print. We want Chidush. We want something new. We want to learn something new. We don't want to do Chazorah. Why don't we enjoy Chazorah? I'm talking about us men. Why don't we enjoy Chazorah? Because it's old. I learned that last week. And Baruch Hashem, I still remember it. So why do I want to do it again? No. You need his chachos. How do you create his chachos? By going over it again. So he says, this is pshat in having a matono and yerusha, and both of those are necessary for Torah Kedusha. And what about Eretz Yisrael though? Because we've got the same thing. Let's look at Eretz Yisrael. Shvei Eretz Yisrael neem avonosati oisolochem marosha. I will give it to you as a gift, as a yerusha. What's pshat? Kleiman added to say, Messina, a gift, a giving, but together with it, you have an inheritance. Um, as is said in the Furush in the book of Ayikra, for Oymalachem, you shall say to them, Asim Tirushu Esad Moson, 
Ba'ani et nenolochem, I will give it to you, lereshes also, to possess it as an inheritance. So therefore also, it's not just a Yerusha, it's a matono. So why do you need both? Let's go slowly, he says. When we come to the farmer bringing Bekurim in Kisovo, and he says, Higadti Hayem Lashem Alekecho, I say today to Hashem your God, Kibaos Yela Oret, that I've come to this land and these are the new first, first fruits, I want to show She'enai Kofu Toivo. I'm not ungrateful. Kibazesh Shiyaydeh Umagish Kilayem Nesunaloch. Higadti Hayoim. I'm saying it today, that I recognize and realize today, that HaKadosh Baruch is giving me this now, that makes me into a lack of kofu toif. If I say, well, it comes my way, I deserve it. The land of Yerusha and everything that comes off the land, thank you very much, but, you know, it's mine anyway. That's no way to treat HaKadosh Baruch Hu's gift of land of Yisrael. The land of Yisrael is a matona and a Yerusha, a Rusha true. It's a Rusha that there's no hefzik, there's no break in the transmission of the land of, 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 from, from family to family. And it's Yerusha onu lo netzah. It is forever and for always, as the Chodzer of Lulina says, Masha Omer B'Rich Samoz, and that which we say in Benching, Shin Chaltal Avoseinu Eret Chemdo, Shin Chaltal Avoseinu is a heritage, Eret Chemdo, a desirable land, that's Kedushat Eretz Yisrael, that it doesn't get removed from us at all. That's the Loshan of Nachlo, because it's Yerusha without any stopping. But on the other hand, it's a Matana to teach us that Kradisov's love of the land and a love of our Baruch Hu to the people, because he gives it, he gives it a beautiful gift to us. Eric Yisrael is a phenomenal gift. And, uh, you know, we talk about Schmitter quite a lot at the moment in school. And, 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 and I, 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 just recently, I, I, there was this incredible picture on the front of my dear of, of a field of a Shemesh farmer surrounded by three or four burnt-out fields by the forest fires that are raging, and this field is totally green. I was talking to a resident of Erechisol not long ago, and he said they've had phenomenal rainstorms which have washed apricots crops out. They've washed them away off the trees. The hail and the rain has been so great the lone farmers and, and the farmers that are shown by Schmitter can see their trees still full of apricots and the, the, the things that come out I mean this year again it happens every year I remember um, there was a sheikhut in, in, in Gateshead called uh, Sidney Shub who was a fa- family friend of ours and he went on Aliyah to Kibbutz Shalvim and his first year there was a Schmitter year, his second year there was a Schmitter year and I actually received a letter from him and he told me, they are telling me that there are three or four times more cotton plants on the field than any other year in the sixth year they were, uh, on a video that I saw yesterday a farmer this year saying two and a half times more produce from the field than I got in any other year the year before Schmitter it's there for the asking, the taking it's a Yerusha but as long as we recognize it's a matona as well, then we will keep Eretz Yisrael and Netzach Mesochim as well. And that is the Merosha. Right. I've really gone over time. No one's disturbing, so I'm going to get a bit, bit more. Oh, there is no shear. Oh, good. <laughs> I'm not, I, don't, I don't know how long you can stay, but I, I don't, I don't, there is one more part of the Posuk 
of Torah Tzimelon and Moirosha Kilash Yaakov, which I must share with you. It's a game from the Be'er Moshe, but I must share with you. Chazal tell us, Kotan HaYodeh Ladabe, if a child knows how to speak, Oviv Londo Torah. His father has an obligation to start teaching him Torah immediately. Torah Mahi, what is the Torah that you should teach him? Says the Gemara, Torah Tzimelon and Moirosha Kilash Yaakov. That is what we should teach him. That's the Torah we should start teaching. Every Jewish child learns to speak Torah Tzivalana. First thing. Okay. There is a Gemara in Bobavasa that says that the Rabbonin said to Rav Hamnuna that Rabbi Ami wrote 400 Sifrei Torah. Okay. He was a scribe. And he wrote, maybe in his lifetime, I don't know the Gemara, and he wrote 400 Sifrei Torah. So he said to them, he asks, Dilma, perhaps, he wrote Torah Tzivalon and Moshe 400 times. Didn't write Sefer Torah at all. He wrote the Apostle, Torah Tzivalon and Moshe, Moshe 400 times. That would be 400. So Tosus asks, why is it called, I'm sorry, Tosus asks and comments that Oso Posuk, that Posuk of Torah Tzivalon, that is called Torah. So much so, but he was justified in saying, maybe he wrote this posse out for it. It's called Torah. How do I know it's called Torah? Because the, the Gemara says, Kosna Yodea, child knows how to teach him Torah. What do you teach him? Torah, Torah. So therefore, this posse indicates Torah Kedosha. It indicates Torah Kedosha. Perhaps that's what he wrote out 400 times, and who tells you otherwise? That's how Tosa explains the question. Oh, what's Pshat? Why should Torah Tzivalon and Moshe Malosha Kilashako be considered Torah? Yes, a possible from the Torah, and that's how, if I was learning the Gemara, and I suppose when you heard it the first time, that's what you understood it to mean. Teach him Torah, teach him a possible from this vast Torah of ours, which possible do you want to choose out? Hazin HaShemayim Vadabirin? No. Torah Tzivalon Moshe. But the Gemara and Tosfus are not learning that at all. They're saying this individual possible has a title which gives it the title of Torah. Do you know why? Torah Tzivalon Moshe Meirosha Kehilas. Yaakov. And what did we say Kirash Yaakov means? The unity of Talib Kaliswar. Kabbalah Torah is dependent on unity. Once that unity exists, we can receive Torah Kadesha. Torah Tzivalonu Moshe Meirosha Kehilas Yaakov. That Torah Tzivalonu Moshe was given over to Yaakov as the unit Yaakov. In which case, you can designate it as being called Torah. And that is what Tosus means and that's what the Gemara means. We, as long as we are a unit, a kehila, and kehila shakov, then we can accept the Torah Kedusha. Okay, we've got time for a quick look at the psukim, or should I leave you until next week? Leave it. Okay, we'll start with the psukim next week. I, I, these introductions, though, I, I can't get away from them. They are, they are fascinating. The more and more I turn over, and the more and more I see. Okay, uh, uh, I'll, I'll start with you next week then.